a message. I got, I got a great message that I probably preached 25 times before. And I, and I know it would be good. I, you know, that's my flesh. I know it would be good. I know I'd, I'd impress you with my intellect and my vocabulary. And I got sentence sermons down cold. Man, I just, I just love to preach that message. And for whatever reason, well, I know what the reason. I, I, mean, I just pray I'm not misreading God, but I'm impressed of God. During, during the time we were shaking hands, that's when it happened. And I was impressed of God to not preach what I was planning on preaching this evening. And to go uh, another route, and and I'm a little fearful. And I thought, well, I could, I could, yeah, and, but I just changed Bibles. I still got a King James Bible, but I just got, I just got a new Bible about six months ago. And I thought, well, I could fall back. Yeah, that's what God. And I opened it up, and there's nothing there. It's a brand new Bible. So, I am praying that God will just take over. And and what your preacher said is true. One of two things is going to happen. Uh, it's going to be real quick, or it's going to be real long. And, and, and please, I, I'm just praying, I, I don't care how long it is. And I, I, your pastor kind of gave me the green light on that. Doesn't matter if it's quick. If it's quick and gets to it and God speaks to our heart and good decisions are made, that's wonderful. That's far better than you being impressed with a preacher. All right. So 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, and I'd like to read a text that, that, that I alluded to earlier. Oh, before I do that, let me give you a little commercial. little commercial. October the 2nd, at Fundamental Baptist Church, we have, I believe, it's our 15th annual old school gathering. It's just one day. It's, it's a fabulous meeting. One day. We're not competing with anybody. We're not trying to outdo somebody else. And right from the get-go, the burden was, let's be an encouragement to every pastor that we can, especially up there in the far north where the majority of them pastor churches of 50 or less people. So let's just, let's just lift them up. Let's hold their hands up. Let's encourage them. And, and our people, they go, they go all out. Now listen, it's the height of the color. It almost always works out that way. October the 2nd. Everything is orange and yellow. It's beautiful. We, you know, we're out there, we're, out, we're up there in the middle of nowhere and it's all trees and Fundamental Baptist Church. And, and last year we had 600 people there. Um, uh, I don't remember how many preachers were last year. Normally it's between 50 and 100 preachers, lay people from all directions, and then, then our own people. And it's good music, and, and every, every session during the day is about 20 or 25 minutes. Then at, I'm inviting you. Then at supper, after the prayer meeting, we have turkey and all the fixings that go along with turkey. And when I say turkey, I don't mean that processed stuff you buy at the store. We, our ladies make about 25 turkeys and, and, and all the homemade pies you can imagine. Mashed potatoes, not those instant mashed potatoes, the real McCoy. And, and, and they put on a feed. I mean, they, it's unbelievable. Every year, I just kind of marvel at it. We get to the end of, this, end of the night, and I'm exhausted, and I look over at the assistant pastors and say, how are we going to top this next year? You know what? So what I want to do is I want to invite you to come. You could actually come. We've got some big-name preachers there this year. We've got, uh, Pat, you probably have never heard of this guy, Pastor Rich Savatsky. You ever hear of him? Did I say your name right? I did, yeah. So here's the theme this year. We're going with all young preachers. 
Every year, you know, you, these guys have been tried in the fire and they've, they've stood the test of time. And we get these old guys up. We have everybody from Shelton Smith and Joe Arthur and you name the preachers. We've had, we've had them. And I could name a whole bunch of them. And they do a great bang-up job. And it's such a blessing. And last year, during the old school, I was thinking, I'm so concerned about the next generation. And I see so few Bible fundamentalists. I just thought, you know what would encourage these old preachers? To see some young preachers up there preaching and holding the line and standing for the truth. So it took me a while, but I got, I got your pastor coming. I've got Ben White coming. He's going to do a little thing on technology. I've got Lee Chatfield. My son, Josh Rader. John Lacombe is out of our church. He's a missionary. You ever hear him? Thailand? What a preacher. That man, that, he got saved in our church, that man can preach. He's over in Thailand. Um, uh, we've got our keynote speaker for the night is uh, Pastor Daniel Cox. I just happened to notice he's on the front page of the Sword of the Lord in that office in there. Uh, he's from Space Coast Baptist Church in Florida. He's coming up for the day. Music, we've got the Dalton family. We have the cases. The cases are there every, I told you, the emphasis is going to be young people. We've got Don and Kim Case. They're there every year. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is going to be there. There's, there's a bunch. It's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. I am, if you need housing, you call ahead. We've got a mission building. We can sleep about 40 people, and it's as nice as any hotel. The third floor is a dormitory style, so you know that's a little different. But the rest is apartments, and, and uh, if you call ahead of time, we'll reserve a room for you. It's free. We want to be a blessing. You come up and hear your preacher preach. Make sure he doesn't tell any lies about you. That's important, all right? Um, uh, so October the 2nd, if, you want, if you'd like to come, just want to drive up, stay in a hotel, do a color tour. Man, there's lots of things to see. You will be encouraged. I, I want to invite you to come. Okay, I mean, that's a, that was my notes. I got it. I'm going to get it out of the way now. October 2. There'll be a printing going out. I'm a little bit behind because we've got this statewide revival going on. Uh, I'm going to get it out uh, this next week, and we'll send you some. And uh, the whites usually bring a van or two load up from, um, what's the name of that? Fellowship. The other church down there? Yeah, Fellowship. Yeah, 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 the other church. Yeah, the liberal church. So you guys, if you come, you will, not, you will not regret it. I promise you, we'll treat you right. And I promise you, you'll be encouraged. And you'll walk away from there saying, God is good. God is good. I want to challenge you tonight, best way I know how. I want to give you a little bit of my testimony. I trust it'll be a blessing to you. Um, I'm, I'm trusting also that God will lead and God will bless. Oh, I was supposed to start out with a joke. I was trying to do something along that line. I, um, I'm a, I, I, I just love, well, I shouldn't say it that way. You talk about Jack Benny, vaudeville, that kind of stuff. That appeals to me too. It does. I've got a joke that I tell. That my, my, our teenagers, whenever I say, I'm going to, hey, you want to hear my green bean joke? They all groan. I say, no, not again. So I'm going to start out tonight with this green bean joke, and then we're going to go right to the Bible. Uh, please, if you would laugh, it would help me. All right, it just help me get going for the service. It's two green beans are crossed on the road. This is deep stuff. This, this is the kind of thing you might want to write down. Two green beans are, are crossing the road. Automobile comes by, hits one of them, smacks them right there in the road. Ambulance comes, they, they, the, the paramedics, they rush him off to ER, they get him in ER, and the one green bean's out in the uh, waiting room, and he's waiting to hear the news while his, while, his, while his buddy, the other green bean, is being worked on in ER. Finally, the surgeon comes out. says, well, I got some bad news, and I got some good news. 
What do you want to hear first? And the green bean says, well, Doc, give me the good news. He said, the good news is your friend is going to make it. Oh, that's good. He says, what's the bad news? He's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. There's a missionary joke. Missionary joke. What are the two cannibals? I'm trying to remember it. What are the two cannibals? Who say preach? <laughs> what did the two cannibals say after eating the clown? One looked at the other and said, that tastes funny to you? <laughs> they get better. I got some, I got some, I got some I can. <laughs> There's a guy in the hospital, a surgeon comes in after, after he, he comes to, after surgery and says, well, I got some bad news and good news. What do you want first? He said, well, doc, give me the bad news first. He said, I had to cut off both your legs. You're a double amputee. Both your legs are gone. Wow. Well, what's, what's the good news? He said, there's a fellow down the hall that's interested in buying your slippers. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians, let's get there. Let's all stand together for the reading of God's word. It's amazing that I have been in the same church for 36 years. That is amazing. It really is. That kind of illustrates what I want to preach here this evening. Yeah. You better be praying hard. Here we go. Verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Let's just stop right there. Father, would you bless tonight? God, we've had a little bit of fun. Now, now, now help us to focus. Lord, help us to honor you by staying clear-headed clear and hearing the word of God. May the Holy Spirit tonight speak to all of our hearts. I believe since you've impressed this message to go this way tonight, I believe that there's someone here called to missions. God, I, I, I believe that maybe there's a young man here called to preach. It might be that there's someone here you're calling to a specific task, a specific ministry, and they're wrestling with it and they're fighting it. God, help them to get over that this, this evening. Help them to get over themselves and sell out to thee. Thank you, God, for loving sinners. Thank you, God, for using men and women to reach others for Christ. What a privilege to be part of your family, to be your child, to be part of the work of God. And what little short time we have here in this earth, what a privilege. And I pray that somehow you would speak to some heart this evening and there'd be a great surrendering. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. God has a perfect plan for your life. You think, well, I'm not all that important. And I'm telling you, you are that important to God. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows, he knows, he knows a little bird when it falls from the sky. He, he has the stars. He calls the stars by name. He is the almighty, omniscient, um, omnipotent God. 
And he has a direct plan for your life. And if you would surrender to God's will for your life, you will know happiness and you will know joy and you will find peace and you will know purpose in life. If you get all caught up in the world and just kind of do your own thing, you may, ne you may never know joy. You may never know the peace of God. It might be, it's going to be uphill every day of your life. If you surrender to God, even when it is uphill, he's carrying you. He'll help you through every trial. He'll help you through every fire. If you would just understand this evening, and, I, I, and this might be short, I want you to get a hold of this. If God has called you, you have got to surrender to know the peace of God. Amen. You've got to surrender. Throw caution to the wind and say, God, I, I, I'm yours. I believe. This is a mission conference. Every child of God, every blood-bought Christian should surrender, should surrender to missions. Every single one. You say, oh, you don't know the baggage of God. You don't know. Now, I don't need to know any of that. You, you need to surrender and then allow God to show you where he wants you. Sometimes we get the, the cart in front, of the, in front of the horse and we, you know, we think it's for the clergy or the gifted. And that's not it at all. Let me share a little bit about my testimony. I pastor a church that I believe, this is my perspective. Every pastor's entitled to their opinion in this. I believe I pastor the greatest church in America. It is not perfect. I was telling your pastor, I think it was just yesterday, man, your deacons look like deacons. And I meant that as a compliment. My deacons look like farmers and mechanics and loggers and, and maybe that's what you guys are, you know, but maybe you just, maybe you just clean up better than they do. I, I, I don't know. But I love my deacons. I, I, I love, the, and they understand that they are there you know, if you're called to be a deacon, you are called to make a pastor a success. You know, and they are there just, just for that. Um, um, you know, doulos, that, that actually is a play on words there. It means they're, they're kicking up dirt. You know, they're, 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 they're working. They're, they're at work all of the time. True servants of God. Um, uh, and what a privilege it is to serve God at any level. But I pastor the greatest church in the world. I'm up in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, I told you, you know, what I think of Youpers and how I love them, and I believe that's the Holy Land. And, you know, when the pilgrims got off the Mayflower and they first landed in, at uh, Plymouth Rock there, there was a sign, and it said, Go North. And everybody that could read, they went north. The rest just kind of stayed to the south just a little bit. That was actually a joke. I, that, that probably that didn't go over real well. But So um, I love the Upper Peninsula. I'm going to come back to this in just a moment. I pastor a church that has a mission agency uh, in the church. My brother is the president. He's been in Bolivia for 30, I was actually wrong. I spoke earlier this week to someone about this. He'd been in Bolivia for 35 years. He's a first class, rough and tough John Wayne type missionary. And uh, he was burdened and we started Baptist Pioneer Mission. BPM is the largest mission agency in the nation of Bolivia. It's amazing. We're a one-horse thing. You know, uh, 85, 90% of our missionaries all go right to Bolivia. It's a backwoods kind of mission 
where we're down in the Amazon or up in the high Andes. None of them are in the city. None of them are living a soft life. They're out there living like the people, with the people, and building New Testament churches for the glory of God. A lot of churches have been planted. There's other good, we didn't try to reinvent the wheel. There's good mission agencies, and a lot of churches, they've got the conviction where they, they, they you know, they're going to send out their own missionaries. Ah, that's biblical. That's right. In fact, Baptist Pioneer Mission Agency is to do nothing but to assist the missionary's home church in keeping that missionary on the field. We're just helping them. That's all we're doing. That's, that's, that's the whole purpose. The Great Commission has been given to the New Testament local church. Baptist Pioneer Mission is on the grounds. Um, we've, got, we've got six buildings on, on our 20 acres. None of them are real fancy. I love your building. You had a beautiful building. But one by one, God has just allowed us to do more and more. Um, we've got Maplewood Baptist Academy, K4 through 12 school. We've got a Bible Institute. Um, we have uh, Canaan Land Baptist Camps, which is a camp specifically for youpers, but we got trolls coming and we got Buckeyes coming and everybody else. It's only $97 for the week and, and we just try to pour it on. It's a 100% local church. We've got, we've got almost 30 churches involved in it now, which is, I, I, I'm amazed at that. Uh, I, I, I love camp. Camp is where I surrendered to preach. Got a radio broadcast. Um, there's so much going on. There's more than, than I can handle. Sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm a gnat, an ant on the back of the elephant with holding on to the reins saying, I, I got everything under control. It's God's ministry. And I, and I say all of that to say this. Everything up there that has happened that's good, it's God. It's Jesus. Everything up there that's happened that's wrong, you can pretty much trace it back to me. God gets all the glory. It's his church. He's the one that enables the people. He's the one that's called those people together, ecclesia, called out assembly, and there we are, fundamental Baptist church, and he's given us good people that follow my leadership, and, and they even put up and listen to some of my corny jokes, and, and I've got a twisted and a warped sense of humor, and I, I've got this persona that I'm a male chauvinist, and uh, some of it is just a persona, but I build it up. I mean, you know what? I, the truth is, I vacuum my, our home. I do as much housework in our house as my wife does. But I don't want my people to know that. I still have never changed a diaper and I have never washed the dishes. It's because I'm a man. And I probably made 50% of the crowd extremely angry with me right now. But really, I, I, I understand. And I, I really am not a male chauvinist. I, well, maybe I am. I, I, don't, I don't know. Let me tell you about my saved, uh, my salvation. Romans in chapter 10, if you would turn there, please. Romans in chapter 10. And verses 9 and 10. And I think we'll come back to Corinthians in just a moment. I'm going to try to get this thing rolling. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 10.13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In 1968, there was a knock on our door, and we got invited to Vacation Bible School. Um, our neighbors picked us up. 
We were a, a, a family that never went to church, maybe a couple of times a year, to a dead liberal church. Uh, but my mom was already searching. She was already starting to dabble in Garner Ted Armstrong and the magazine, um, The World Tomorrow. No, The Plain Truth. That's, that was the name of the magazine. The radio broadcast was Garner Ted Armstrong and The World Tomorrow. I remember all that. And he's a cult. Herbert W. Armstrong, a cult. Womanizers, not of God. But when people are hungry for the truth, they're looking everywhere, and that's when the church is supposed to hold forth a light. Our next door neighbor invited us. We went to vacation Bible school. I remember I was in fifth grade. I sat down in, in the class, and I heard the gospel story, the presentation of the gospel. Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think I heard that before, even in the Presbyterian church. But nobody ever told me it had to be personal. Nobody ever told me, man, I didn't do some repenting. I didn't make a personal choice. Nobody ever said that. I, I knew that Jesus was the son, son of God. I knew he died on the cross. And that's, that's basically, and he rose again. That's basically all I knew. But it was a dead faith, you understand. Now this teacher is finally standing up, and she's, she's explaining the gospel to this fifth grade class of boys. She gets to the end. She asks them to bow their heads, and we bowed our heads. And she said, would anybody here like to receive Jesus as their Savior and be born again. No, their sins are forgiven. And what God was doing that day, I had no idea what was, you know, no idea what the future holds, but my hand went up. Amen. I wasn't stupid. She said, now listen, we're going to dismiss for recess. And anybody that wants cookies and Kool-Aid, you leave. If you want to receive Jesus, you stay here. Truthfully, I thought everybody was staying because I didn't know I was the only lost little boy there. They all got up and left. I looked up, and there's Mrs. Rowe. It's me and her. She again explained the gospel. I can take you to the spot. In a church that once was red hot with the gospel, and now they're playing games. All right, but I can take you to the spot. I was just there two weeks ago. Went in and visited with their now pastor and tried to encourage him to Come on out to our statewide revival and uh, not to get involved in it, but come and sit. I want to I I, I, I win him back to God. But I went, I said, could I, could I look, go look for the place where I got saved? And he kind of looked at me and said, he said, yeah. So I went down to the basement, went down in the corner room, and, and there's the tiles. Now, to anybody else, it's, a, it's a, some tiles on the floor. To me, it's holy ground. Yeah. I remember when I prayed. That's amazing. It's God. I know you died for me. God, would you forgive me? And come in. I was born again that moment. I was adopted into the family of God. Here's something that's great. Marjean Rowe was the lady that led me to the Lord. She's a little old lady now. She's in her late 70s. You know where she goes to church? Fundamental Baptist Church. I sit up, I stand in the pulpit on Sundays and I look out and there's Marjean Rowe right back there. Big smile on her face. Man, that's the, that was my salvation. I got, I got born again that day. I never get tired of sharing the gospel. I never get tired. Every time I think of it, I tell Mrs. Rowe, I said, Mrs. Rowe, thank you, for, thank you for winning me to the Lord. And I give her a great big hug, and she has a great big smile on her face. Man, what a privilege it is to serve God. That was my salvation. My call. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Would you turn there? Romans 10, verse 14. Hang with me, man. I promise you, we're not going to be here late tonight. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? 
And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I think I'm talking to someone here tonight. I think I'm preaching to some people. God has his thumbprint on you. You belong to God, and he wants to use you. And for whatever reason, fear, lack of faith, maybe you think you're not qualified. You know what my credentials are? I am saved, and I am surrendered. That's it. That's it. Those are my only credentials. I furthered my education, you know, and I got more, you know, I do this, I do that, and I got, I got a couple of advanced degrees, and you know what it means? It's a piece of paper. Don't be intimidated by those people that spend all their life in college and universities. They got little pieces of paper hanging on their wall. That doesn't mean they know any more than you do. In fact, a lot of them are less qualified. If God has called you to do something, all you got to do is be smart enough to surrender. That's all you got to do. The calling of God. God called me to preach. I wrestled with God. I didn't want to preach. In fact, and I'm not minimizing missionaries at all. You, you do a great, great work. But I thought that maybe if I surrendered to missions, God would get off my back and I, would, um, I could go to a far-off island somewhere where nobody knows me. And, and I'm pastoring a church 10 miles from my hometown. Everybody in the county, ah, that's an, that sounds so egotistical, I don't, I don't want to say, a lot of people know me. Dr. Flanders was up and we're visiting people and we went different places and he looked at me and said, man, everybody knows you everywhere you go. And, well, I was born and raised here. They all, they all know exactly who I am. They know, they, know, they know what I do for a living and, 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 and I strive to have the proper testimony. If you will surrender to the calling of God in your life, you will finally know peace and joy. And knowing purpose in life is so important. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 1. I, I got to read just a little bit there. 1 Corinthians and chapter 1. God will start to give you a burden. You'll know what I'm talking about. After he gives you a burden, you got to pray, God, now that I've got this burden, and maybe you need to pray for a burden, now that I've got this burden, I need some boldness. Introvert. Truth. I couldn't stand up in front of a group of people. In fact, I never even started to find myself until I, got, I found out that I could play football as a freshman in high school. Bang, I'm up on the varsity. Bang, you know. And the following year, I'm the, I'm the captain of the football team as a sophomore. I mean, and, and we were a winning football program. It was just like, well, God just kind of blessed me there. But one time the coach asked me to say something in front of the team. I, 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 I'm the last guy. I told you earlier this week, if you lined up every boy in the high school and the gymnasium and you were to pick the guy that God is going to use somewhere as a spiritual man, I'd have been the last one picked. When God saved Tim Reader, he didn't get, any, he didn't get anything special. When God called Tim Reader, he didn't, any, he didn't get anybody with a, any kind oozing with talent. No, no, sir. Not at all. Look what it says here in this passage. It says God has not called uh, verse 24, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh and not many mighty and not many noble are called. And, and, and we read this earlier in the week. You know why that is? So that when something good happens, everybody knows it's God. Pure and simple. 
Okay, first time I preached in college. I'm there to learn. I'm soaking up everything I can. I'm a freshman. We're traveling. It's a traveling music group. The president of the college is with us. I have not had homiletics. I have not had hermeneutics. I'm a freshman. Didn't have those kind of classes then. I had Doctrine 101, Personal Evangelism 101, you know, those kinds of, those kinds of courses. Dr. Wooster was the president of the college. He was my personal mentor, and he got sick while we were on tour. He got sick. And he looked over at me at breakfast and said, Tim, you're preaching tonight. I said, I said what? I memorized a five-minute sermon. I stood up after we got done singing, and I was shaking like a leaf. And I spilled my guts and told them everything I knew in about four and a half minutes. I, it took no time at all. We, we, I closed my Bible. We gave an altar call. The, 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 the choir sang and nobody came. I was, I was just, whoa. Was I, I was devastated. I was so embarrassed. I'm, I'm in the van. We're traveling to the next town. We're coming down. Actually, we're coming through Michigan. And we went to Onaway, Michigan. Kalkaska, Michigan. Kalkaska, Michigan. And, and, and as we're traveling in the van, the whole time I'm praying, God, I don't want to do that again. God, uh, uh, that, that was embarrassing. God, I don't want to make a fool of myself. God, I, I have no ability. i got to have you. And I started begging God. Here's what happened. I stood up after we got done singing, and I preached the same message. I still shaking. I scared to death. And I preached the same message. And we get to the altar call, and the choir begins to sing, and a lady in the back puts her hymnal down, puts it in the hymnal rack, steps out into the aisle, and truthfully, I thought she was going to the nursery or something, but instead of turning that way, she turned this way, and she started coming down the aisle. I panicked. I didn't know what to do with them when they come down the aisle. I went over to the pastor and said, Pastor, there's a lady up here. She wants something. <laughs> and five people came forward that night, and it was just the beginning. And it just happened every single time. I don't know what it was. Well, I knew who it was. It was God. I knew who it wasn't. It wasn't Tim Raider. If you will just be the mouthpiece that God desires, he'll, you got a call. You got your salvation. You got your call. Now you need to get to your surrender. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12. Turn there. Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. There has to be a time in your life when you surrender. It'd be a good time to do it tonight. Walk the aisle, get down on your knees, and say, I know, it's a little embarrassing to walk an aisle. I know that. It's humbling. That's kind of what we need. And walk the aisle, get down on your knees, and you pray, God, just put it in your own words. You just talk to God. You, God, I don't have much, but what I have is yours. God, I'll follow you if you lead me, if you'll direct me, if you'll shepherd me. Wait a minute, he is the good shepherd. And he does promise to lead and provide and protect. It's an amazing thing. Two weeks later, we are in a young man's prison in northwest Wisconsin. None of this is thought out ahead of time. I think it was called, the name of the prison was Lincoln something. They brought the guys in. They're all in chains. They're in fetters. It's a big-time prison. There are there guards seated, seated on the inside aisle and on the outside aisle. The Catholic priest, who was the chaplain, he's in the back. We get up there. We sing. I stand up. To, I step up to the microphone, and my tongue is this big. 
I said, man, I, don't, I was just afraid nothing was going to come out when I tried to talk. And I preached the cross. And it got a little bold. And something kind of took over. Man, I've, and I've been living in prayer for two weeks, right? And something took over, and it was amazing. We're running out of time. The Catholic priest back there, he's pacing back and forth. Yeah, I, I could see him. He's pacing. And, I, and, and the people just were coming everywhere. And we had personal workers from the Bible college everywhere. And people were being dealt with. And we were running out of time. In fact, the guy in the back says, it's over. It's over. I'm co you know, we're coming. So I, I said, everybody look up here. I said, and I gave them the invitation right where they were seated. And I prayed the sinner's prayer. And I, and I asked those that received Christ to, 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 to look right up at me. And they were looking up everywhere. Guards were looking up. And it was, it was amazing. And I remember getting back in the van and the wheels of the van, I don't think it touched the road all, all the way back home that night, all the way to the hotel. I was so excited to be used of God. You know why I didn't surrender? I never trusted. Three stupid things. That, there are three reasons I didn't surrender. Number one, I was afraid that if I surrendered, God would take me out of the UP. I told you I love the Upper Peninsula. I'm one of the UP's best ambassadors everywhere I go. Number two, I knew if I surrendered to preach, my one big love was football, and I'd kiss it goodbye. Number three, I'm afraid to stand up in front of people. Here's how it worked. God brought me right back to the Upper Peninsula. I, when I surrendered, I knew I was going to Chicago. But you just surrendered everywhere. You know what? But I just knew God's going to put me in an inner city somewhere. But I surrendered, and God put me right back 10 miles from my hometown. In fact, you might as well say my hometown. Because the hometown is a town of uh, 350 people. You know? And where I'm at, you know, even less. All right? So, so you, I, I'm right there. And I love the UP. And I've been up there all my life. And I've, never, I've only been asked to go somewhere else twice. And I never even thought about it. I tried to sound spiritual and say, well, I'll pray about it. But no, nah, I'm not, not interested. I know what God... I, and people tell me, say, man, if you were in a big city somewhere, just think how, big the, think, think how the church could grow. And I say, ah, no, no. I might fall flat on my face in a city. A lot of people wouldn't put up with who I am. I know where I'm called. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I love the UP. Football, first year back. Local high school athletic director from the bigger school nearby. Calls up. I'm in a church of 25 people. Calls up and said, hey, this Tim Raider? I said, yes, sir. He said, um, you the Tim Raider you used to play for Pickford? I said, yes. He said, uh, this is Roy Hamilton. How'd you like to come and be our football coach? Don't ever let the devil ever convince you that God is an ogre up in heaven right. thinking of ways to make you miserable. Right. If I surrender to God, man, I'm going to end up, you know, on a mission field somewhere. And I'm, I'm gonna, believe me, if God has called you to the, that mission field, that's the only place you're going to be happy. God is a good God. God is a God of blessings. So I coached high school football for 20 years. For 20 years, our church is filled with men today that I one time was their coach. Bill Wilson was here on, was it Tuesday night? Man, I was shocked to see him. I said, whoa, Bill, man, what are you doing here? He was a pretty tough tight end, that guy that was standing right here. Uh, he's in our church now. He, he, he loves the Lord. If you'll surrender to God, you'll know the joy of God, Amen. the peace of God. Amen. And that third thing, afraid of crowds. <laughs> I still am nervous when I stand in front of people. Here's a Sunday morning at Fundamental Baptist Church. We got a parking lot, has 90 parking spaces in it. Um, sometimes we fill them all up, 
Sometimes we don't. Sometimes people are parked in the lawn. There's that many people there. Sunday morning, I get through my adult Sunday school class, uh, the auditorium, normal, sun, normal Sunday morning for the auditorium class. There'll be, um, in my, there, there's, four, there's four adult classes. I'll have 150 in my class. And I'm just going verse by verse through the Bible, different, different books of the scripture. Um, Sunday night, I preach through the Bible, um, you know, uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, it's textual, but it's all over the place. We come in, our choir, I don't know what your choir wears here, preacher. We don't wear robes. I just, I'm just so, I grew up a Presbyterian. That's a far, there's no way it's not going to happen. So everybody that visits our church, a lot of times they're, they're shocked at the, the, uh, the laughter and the joy and the handshaking. And uh, the auditorium's pretty much filled up. The choir's downstairs. We'll come in a back door over there. We don't march into music. They, they just come. I say, hey, hit the choir loft. And they head on up, you know. And they kind of come up off from all over and all different sized people. And you don't have to be a good singer to be at fundamental, in Fundamental Baptist Church's choir. We have a choir of 40 people. But my only requirement is that they are, they're, they're, they're saved, they're baptized, they're members of Fundamental Baptist Church. And uh, they, they, they dress, according to my standard, for the platform. I, and you can sing. And, and the proof of it is just go stand in the tenor section one time. Some of those guys, <laughs> they're, they're absolutely terrible. One guy said, Ben, weren't those guys a little flat up there? I said, yeah, but they were happy, weren't they? He said, yeah, yeah, they were happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the truth of it. But that's the kind of church. So they all get up there, and now during the song service, I sit right here in this chair. Greg Reinfelder gets up. He's a layman. He's not educated. He, he, he runs a lumber yard, and he leads the music. The choir sings. I'm up in the choir, by the way. I help him in the choir. And then I come down here, and then as Greg leads the music, he takes, he usually sings maybe three songs the whole time. I'm chomping at the bit. In fact, sometimes I'm saying things in his ear. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. And he finally gets out of the way, and I get to explode with what I studied that week. Man, I love preaching. I love crowds. Now, if there aren't 400 people there to preach to, I'm a little bit fleshly. If Sunday night there's not 250, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I love preaching. God, change that. God will enable you, just like the Apostle Paul said, if you'd surrender. I think I'm going to close this off right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we alluded to this earlier in the week. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. What's it say here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1? Don't, you don't need to turn there, I'll just read it. God's chosen the base things. God's chosen the nobodies. Yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's why he chose Tim Raider. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I'm going to testify one more time. Anything good that is happening up there in the ministry I'm involved in, it's all God. It's all Jesus. Every time a soul walks the aisle, every time a family gets mended, every time a broken heart is put back together, every time a soul is saved from the fires of hell, it's God. And the, and the foibles, again, Tim Raider. God gets all the glory. Every once in a while, I stand in the pulpit, and even though I'm starting, sometimes I think I'm a good preacher, and about that time, that's when I lay an egg. God just kind of reminds me. 
And my wife will tell me afterwards too. Say, man, you missed it this morning. I say, yeah, I, I, I kind of gathered that. But what's amazing to me is even when I miss it, many times people get saved. You see, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about our blessed Savior. The Bible says, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I've often thought about it right, and, and, and you know what? The church is a mighty marching army. And I heard a preacher say this just recently, and I don't know why I never thought about this before. Here's the job of the church. The church is on the offense. I thought about that. Yeah, we're a mighty marching army. But we're storming the gates of hell. You know why? Because inside those gates are people that are alive right now, figurative, figuratively speaking. If they die, they're already lost. They're already going to hell. You know what the church is on? A rescue mission. We're to storm the gates of hell. We're to get precious souls and bring them to Jesus. That's what missions is all about. You are to be involved in that work. You say, I don't know that God, God will use you. God has a perfect plan for your life. Surrender to God. Let God, you say, I'm an old man. Doesn't matter. I got a job. Doesn't matter. I'm only 12. Doesn't matter. Surrender to God. Let's bow our heads together. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. How many this, this evening you would say by lifting up your hand, by raising your hand, Pastor Raider, God has spoken to my heart tonight. God